Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Overdrive podcast after a very tumultuous week zero. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with my guy, Rick Brown. And we had some, some fireable offenses, some scary things happen in Chapel Hill. We got a lot to talk about, and we got a little bit of a bonus here. We're going to go ahead and make our picks and predictions uh, for week one as well. So we got a jam-packed episode here, Rick. What's going on, man? Week zero. Yeah, I still don't know why they call it week zero because the games count and all is horrible, horrible things here, man. Horrible. But uh, that's all right. Look, my Rattlers represented. I'm not um, disappointed in the outcome. You know, they're they were bigger, stronger, faster uh, than we were. We're coming in undersized, undermanned. Definitely undermanned. And uh, we still... We still hung with them for two and a half, almost three quarters. So uh, that gives me hope for the rest of the season for the Rattlers. But if I was North Carolina, giving up 24 points to an undermanned team, I would I would worry. I would definitely worry. Uh, we can kind of start there. Um, North Carolina, I was invested in this game early on, and I usually don't get invested in, in the FCS uh fbs matchups but this one it looked like it was a little scary a little hairy a little squirrely as they say um fam you had my just a few notes from me uh fam you had 20 missing players um for ineligible ineligible players and up front you had eight offensive linemen i mean that's a problem in itself so you if anybody goes you have to be perfect uh, that line is always one I love. We have to be perfect in everything we do, uh, but you really have – nobody can go down because if you do, it's it's really a problem. Uh, but from what I saw, uh, Jeremy Musa was very good up at the quarterback spot, and those, those offensive linemen held up for him very well. I mean, he was getting whatever he wanted. After he had one pick, and I, and I, I, I can kind of give you that. That's first day jitters, first game jitters. But once he got that out of his system, he was doing whatever he wanted for about mm, two and a half to maybe three quarters. North Carolina kind of pulled away at the end. I think that's more of a depth and attrition thing. Uh, they just have their numbers are better. Their the talent level you can see the separation sometimes. But the receivers, I mean, I wasn't expecting that kind of speed. I, North Carolina looked like they couldn't cover a soul. And granted, this is a Gene Chiswick defense, and I expect these things from a Gene Chiswick defense. You go back to his <laughs> days at Auburn. I mean, they couldn't cover a soul either. Either there was no push up front. I mean, it's like what are, we're not going to blitz, but we can't get home with our front four. So what are we doing? And so I, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you guys might have a new fan in me because I, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on this team, especially next week, because Jack, I know who one person is going to be watching that game last night. I know um, a certain Deion Sanders was watching that game. So, um, yeah, fam, you, you have my attention uh, for, for very good reasons. Yeah. Um, and let's, let, let, let's flip, let's flip to the other side because, Although North Carolina did, I think, struggle on defense, and they have to, they really have to tighten that up if they're going to make any noise in the ACC. Uh, what did you think of the freshman quarterback? I liked what I saw. He's a big dude. He's a lot bigger than I thought he was. 
Um, five touchdowns. He looked comfortable too, but um, I think that's also um, a talent gap thing. But it's, at the end of the day, you still have to make the throws. And for and he can scoot a little bit for a big dude. He's probably about 220, 230. I mean, he, he can scoot a little bit for a big guy. I like what I saw, his decision-making. I didn't think he made too many bad decisions. It did not seem like the moment was too big for him. It seemed Definitely. like he was just out there just playing and knew what he was doing. Uh, you're right. He, he's bigger than I thought he was. And he could he could run a little bit. Uh, he had mobility. I think that's going to um, it's going to going to do North Carolina well uh, in the future. I mean, as he gets more experience, as he faces the the Clemson's and and the the beast of the ACC. Um, you're, you're Go ahead and say it, the more. Miami Hurricanes. Just say it, the beast of the ACC. Never mind. I'm gonna leave that alone. We're not talking about my team today. Uh, we'll we'll see, but I I thought he he handled himself quite well in his uh debut, and that's you know there there are teachable moments there that you can um that you always want as a coach, but you have to like what you have seen, and I know I did. I definitely did, and like I said, next week Jackson State, FAMU, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, I think this team can score points and. If you guys get those those ineligible players somehow, somebody comes back. They can get some depth. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I thought was missing yesterday was a lot of depth. And um, and you can see them wearing down, especially when they started running in the late third quarter, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You could just see it. They they fam, you just didn't have it. Um <clears throat> on, on defense anyway. And and but again, like I said about North Carolina, there were teachable moments there you can see some things that make you say okay that's not bad and for me scoring 24 points um and being right there through the first half and midway through the third quarter um hey this this team let me know that this team they're not not quitters that they're going to fight and if they do get their death back whoo we should battle. Jeremy Musa with that fadeaway corner route. Um, what a to, pass. That, I, I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, beautiful pass. I'm like, okay, whoever this kid, because, I, I mean, he's he's a Vanderbilt guy. Yeah, When you say he's an SEC guy, you're like, okay, and it's Vanderbilt. I mean, they're, <laughs> who's the last quarterback? I've, Jay Cutler? I mean, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, so but this, you guys definitely have uh, some players. Xavier Smith, definitely going to watch him a little bit more. Um, but definitely want to watch this team a little bit more and see what we got. Uh, a team that I was very disappointed in and a coach that I'm very disappointed in, and I'm tired of hearing his name, and it's uh, it's he's a little bit on the expensive side to get rid of, but really made, made the former coach in me want to pull my hair out, and I don't have a lot of it, but um, – one Scott Frost and the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers against uh, the Northwestern Wildcats in Ireland, where there was a they were giving out beer in this game. So let's let's address that first. They had an internet outage, so you can't make any purchases. There's everyone in the stadiums. They just say we're going to give away beer. 
But the only way you can get this beer, you can get a two part, a two cup limit, or I'm sorry, a two liter. You know, we're they're on the imperial. We're on the um, we're on the imperial system. They're on the metric system. So I know a lot of us Americans over there. They're like leaders. What's a liter? Uh, what what what? No. Okay. So cool. We we don't. But we hear beer and it's cool, right? So, um, two a two liter uh, minimum. So got people are just walking in line in a rotating, revolving door of a line all game long. And you just, they kept showing it. And I'm just like, <laughs> man, what a time to be alive in, in, in Ireland. So, yeah, shout out to Ireland and the internet outage. I know you got, I'm, it's a lot of people. They woke up with a with a, a fresh outlook on life. And I think uh, there were there were some, probably some drunk coaches after that, after that loss. And in that loss, um, Nebraska, this is the, the hot seat year for one Scott Frost, who has only one winning season as a head coach. And that was his 13 and no season at UCF. Uh, Nebraska lost this game 28, 17. Uh, I'm sorry, 20, 31, 28. Uh, they were up 28. They went up 28, 17. And in the most boneheaded fashion, going up 11 points, Scott Frost says, let's go ahead and kick an onside kick. Usually when you're wanting to kick that onside kick, you're trying to get the ball back. And you're down in this game, but you have a little momentum and you want to just give them a blow. You think you're a little smarter than the other other side, you know, a la um, the Saints again, the Super Bowl against the Colts. Situations like that. Those are smart situations. But why when you have all of the momentum, uh, Northwestern slightly moving the ball, but they're not an offensive juggernaut and you don't score the rest of the game and you lose, you don't. I mean, what what is going on here? Talk to me. Rick. All right, look, look. Okay, you, you you can always second guess, and, and if that that would have worked, that one side kick would have worked. Game over, outcome. I, I I mean, they they probably would have gone on and either kicked a field goal or might have even scored a touchdown and and just put Northwestern out of their misery. It did not work. So now we're talking about how bad a call it is. Hey, man, that's when, when you gamble, when, when, when you play with fire, sometimes you get burnt. And, and hey, Scott Frost should know he's on the hot seat a lot. So he, I guess he's getting used to these burns here. I don't mind the call. I, I really don't. I mean, although if I was a coach, I'd be more conservative and, and stick close to the vest. If you're not doing anything, let's not give them a chance to. But, hey, other coaches are a little more, you know, got, got that gambler in them, got that Kenny Rogers in them. So, uh, and that's an old school reference. for Yeah, know when to hold them, know when uh, to fold them. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Nebraska, there, very good no, there, Freddie P. I yeah, like that. Yeah. So, so I don't mind that. What, what concerns me more than the call is that you're up by 11 going into the fourth quarter and you cannot stop them it wasn't like it was a pick six or anything uh, they still had to march down the field to score not once but twice and you couldn't hold them defensively that would worry me that 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 bothers me um even more so than the offense just 
wetting their pants and not doing anything in the fourth quarter as well. I mean, it was almost like they, the players went into the stands to um, and went into the lines to go and get the beer see, because they thought the game was over. Yeah, not definitely. so fast, my brothers. Not yeah, so fast. Yeah, Ryan Halinski, um, Northwestern quarterback. He um, seven for seven for a touchdown to start. Um, that was concerning. And also, when I'm just watching this game, Northwestern wasn't explosive. They really weren't explosive in their offensive line. wasn't great, but they just kept taking what the defense gave them. And one thing I know about a Pat a Pat Fitzgerald led team, if they're in the, in a game in the fourth quarter, they can keep it close. His teams believe, and if you give a coach like that, that kind of that's a dangerous type of coach because he can always motivate his team to get that W. Uh, Nebraska. You might want to – I tweeted this out um, after the game. I Something along the lines of you might want to know when to, to let go. So, in your reference, know when to hold them when to fold, and when to fold them. Oh. Nebraska, Nebraska. You're know calling for them. You're already calling for his demise after week I, zero? I was already calling for him to be gone last year, but he's an expensive he, – he won't be going anywhere anytime soon because at least for another month or so. Uh, his buyout goes from 15 million down to seven and a half uh, after October four, uh, October 1st. So maybe then after a couple losses, then they can kind of go on. And then what made it worse? Scott Frost threw his whole entire staff under the bus, mainly one Mark Ripple, uh, Mark Whipple, who I have. He, he was offensive coordinator in Miami years ago, but he had one of the top offenses at Pitt last year with Kenny Pickett, the first round pick. Uh, he comes over to Nebraska to have a, I mean, to help this offense. And they, he, um, uh, Casey Thompson, the former Texas quarterback, he threw for 300 and so plus yards and he had two touchdowns. He had two ugly picks, but, um, you can't say in in the post game presser. I think our offensive staff has to uh, learn. You've got to get a. You've got to be a little more creative in this league. You can't say that. We know who you're talking about. You're the run game coordinator. So you, we already know this has nothing to do with you. You guys couldn't run the football. So I mean, your offensive line looked putrid. They look slow. They look unathletic. They look lazy. But we know Mark Whipple, they want to throw the ball with him. So, yeah, you can't throw your offensive coordinator under the bus like that. Do your job. Do your job. Ooh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. No, listen, man, we are so sensitive these days. Oh, the whole the head coach can't say this. Oh, we shouldn't say this. Uh, cancel the head coach because he said that. No, man, bump that. Call him out. I love it. I love it. And, I mean, it reminds me of, uh, you know, Coach Spurrier did not um, throw his players under the bus. But he would always say, "We have to coach better." <laughs> and did. that was that he was did. that was his that was his uh, his catchphrase. It, it, once they got beat, so I don't mind when someone comes out and says, "We have to be better as coaches," and and, and, and hey, and be accountable. If you don't like it, hey, you know where the door is. 
Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. So the good Lord is going to be splitting Scott Frost very soon. So um, good luck. Good luck, Nebraska. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything else from week zero that you, you know, that caught your eye? We we just got, I was just happy to have college football back. Okay. That's just, I had no skin in the game. Oh, Miami fans won this week. I'm sorry. That is before I let you go into, if you have anything, Miami fans won this week and we didn't have to play a game. Florida State didn't cover, plus 43 they didn't cover. That's a win for me. All good. And, fam, you did cover. So, uh, <laughs> North Carolina didn't cover either, so that's a win. But, no, you know what surprised me? I I was hyped after the FAMU game. Well, I don't know if hyped is the right word because I was a little – Encouraged? I was hyped. I okay. was very encouraged, but I, I was hyped. So – I watched a little bit of the Hawaii game afterwards. <sighs> this isn't this isn't your father's Hawaii. No, it's, this is not the 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 the, the Jones, the June the Jones, Jones, Colt June, Brennan. Yeah, uh, Colt Brennan. Yeah. Oh no, my gosh, no, this was no. this was hard to watch. I mean, I I, I think I had to. It was hard to watch. It was it was hard, and it was disappointing because I like when teams usually go out to Hawaii and think they're going to go out there on vacation and used to get smashed. That used to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much right now. That's not even there's that's not even my my Cole McDonald. Yeah, I, I reached into the bag from a few years ago. He was my guy. I mean, man, Hawaii. What happened? What happened? Sad, sad. Very sad. Very, very (laughs) sad. Um, One thing I'm not sad about is um, we have the return of college football, and and I'm telling you, we are going into week one, and we're going to be making some picks. Um, I think we have some very interesting games, and a lot we'll know a little bit about some some of these teams uh, going forward from this week because uh, it starts out slow. But boy, does it ratchet up real quick! And some of these new coaches are going to get get their welcome to college football moments. So uh, we can start that off. We can start that off with Rutgers at Boston College. And I have a few news and notes or things that we that are a little interesting about some of these matchups. So we'll start it off with uh, again Rutgers and Boston College. Phil Jerkovic, who had – he was injured last year. He had a season-ending injury. And, yeah, that that BC offense was one of the worst ones. And it was the worst off, offense in the ACC. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, they also had um, – but their defense was solid. Their defense was very solid. He's back now. And, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're really going to be okay. It's Boston College, so don't expect world beaters. Uh, but they also had one of the third best pass D in the in the in the, in the country last year, and a Rutgers offense that's just not that great. Um, Greg Schiano has a lot of work to do. This is not the Rutgers from what 2005, 2006, <laughs> who took USF down. Yeah, this is not with Ray Rice's. Yeah, I really reached in that bag. Ray Rice and all of them. Uh, Eric Legrand, shout out to him. Um, yeah, this is not that Rutgers. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. BC. BC closer than you think, but BC. 
Uh, not so. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Boston <laughs> College is go rip Rutgers. Sorry, Coach Greg. <laughs> rip City, baby. Rip City. Okay. okay, okay. So we starting off on the same page. Okay, we might find some a little impasse down the road, but uh, we'll go and we'll move on. Will. We'll move on to Cincinnati and Arkansas. So this Cincinnati team uh, went to the college football playoff. First group of five team to get there. They lost a lot. <laughs> they lost a lot. Desmond Ritter onto the NFL. Jerome Ford onto the NFL. Sauce Gardner already terrorizing people in the NFL. Kobe Bryant, not the one that not the basketball player, but in honor of his name. Yeah, he's gone too. So um, yeah, they have a lot of work to do. But that offensive line, still very good, still very good. Uh, but this Arkansas team led by KJ Jefferson, I think they're a grinded out type of team. They did lose. Uh, Traylon Burks, he is now in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. He actually looked pretty good in preseason. So I think this team is going to be able to run the football. Sam Pittman is an offensive line guy, so you already know what's going to happen there. They're going to be strong up front. Should they be able – they should be able to um, grind it out late in the fourth. Uh, I think they'll pull away. Um, but I think this Cincinnati team is a lot scrappier than what, what many give them credit for. I don't think this was just a one-hit wonder type of year or even a two-hit wonder um, for, for Luke Fickle and company. But it's very it, – this this team, this Arkansas team, they gave Alabama fits last year, and they aren't going away anytime soon. K.J. Jefferson is the best player on the field, and I think he's going to show that. I think Arkansas wins. At, they'll pull away. I think they'll win by two touchdowns. I mean, Arkansas last year beat LSU, uh, lost a shootout to Alabama, uh, 42-35, mm-hmm. if, if I remember that score correctly. <clears throat> and, I, I mean, this is our, this is Arkansas football, baby, Arkansas. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, Cincinnati, this isn't the, the – um, that Cincinnati squad who is going to pop into the playoffs. This, this is not that squad. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to just pontificate about this game. Arkansas is going to win, and I'm not going to say. You said pull away late. I say they're just going to win. <laughs> Arkansas. Mm. Okay. Okay. So we'll keep it in the SEC. We have a the defending. National champion Georgia Bulldogs facing off against the Oregon Ducks. This game is in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So essentially, even though Oregon is the home team, this game th- there's going to be a lot of red and black in this yes, state. Okay, <laughs> so this is a home game for Georgia. Okay, let's just let's just call it what it is. Okay, mm-hmm. so Oregon is led by new head coach and former defensive coordinator for the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Dan Lanning. So, who knows this team better than anybody? He does. So he brings he brings in uh, Bo Nix, Auburn quarterback transfer. Uh, he knows Georgia pretty well, and boy, does he know Georgia very well. I would be traumatized if I was him. I would uh, like I can't get away from this team. Uh, I went to Oregon and still can't get away. Okay, cool. So Oregon brings in they bring him in. He hasn't necessarily completely won the job, but he looked okay in spring. Uh, but this might just be uh, the best offensive front Georgia will face uh, the, the, uh, that the, that Georgia will face uh, all season. 
honestly. Oregon has weapons still. Their offensive line is not – the cupboard isn't bare on the offensive line, okay? Mario Cristobal left weapons. He left uh, a good defense led by Noah Sewell, uh, Justin Flo, and others. So don't think this is just going to be a walk in the park. But for me, uh, I think Georgia, they just have – they have weapons – uh, that defense is going to be – it's not like it's last year's defense where they just had everybody, but they still have some holdovers. Defensive tackle Jalen Carter, uh, outside linebacker Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo at corner. Uh, you have a you, Eric Gilbert at tight end. Uh, Brock Bowers, the best tight end in college football. Uh, he's coming back as well. They have a host of running backs also. I think Georgia pounds this team into submission. Stetson Bennett doesn't have to do much hand the football off don't throw any any interceptions when you boot out to the right mr bennett if you decide to chuck this ball up if you if it goes through your mind chuck it just chuck it just throw it in the stands okay because every time you do it you you don't have that type of arm okay if you're listening to me stetson please don't do that you don't have that type of arm okay follow the playbook just just don't lose the game. Don't crash the car. Georgia wins. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think we have a Stetson Bennett hater here. But anyway. Listen, oh, I'm definitely uh, a hater. I'm not a fan. Listen, Oregon has had all offseason to prepare for this one game. And that preparation is going to help them because it's going to allow them to stay in the game for, eh, let's give them, instead of one quarter, let's give them two quarters. Let's Ooh. give them a half. Okay. Okay. And and then once Georgia gets the ball in the third quarter and marches down for that touchdown, uh, you can switch channels because this game will be over. Uh, not going to be close. Georgia pulls away in the second half. Go dogs. One game I'm definitely going to want to switch channels to is Houston uh, at UTSA. Uh, Houston had a really good offense last year behind Clayton Toon and Nathaniel uh, Dell. They are – Clayton Toon just – he he lit everybody up last year. Um, just a few things on him, on this team, this Houston team. They scored 40 points or more seven times last year. Uh, they also had – uh, seven Clayton Toon had seven games of 70% completion or, or better. So, yeah, as, as one, and I know I'm going to hit you with this one, uh, one heartbreak kid once said, I'm going to tune up the band. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, let's tune up the band. Yeah, Houston wins this one. It's going to be a bit of a shootout because UTSA has their own really good offense. They were ranked 14th in the country. Uh, but they have to replace Sincere McCormick, one of the best running backs in college football, with 1,400 yards last year and 15 touchdowns. That's a lot of production to uh, replace. I don't think they have the horses. Uh, I think they'll hang around for about two and a half quarters, and then that Houston offense just takes off. Uh, Dana Hogerson knew what he was doing when he said, hey, guys, Derek King, you can move on, and we'll take a we'll take an L this year, and then we're going to build towards the future. He knew what he was doing. I mean, and for anyone who doesn't know UTSA, the Roadrunners out of the famous, what conference? Conference USA. Conference USA, yes. Woo, yeah. Um, yeah, let's move on. 
Houston. Big. A team that you know a lot about uh, in your backyard, uh, the BYU. No, not BYU. <laughs> yes, BYU yes. Cougars. The Cougars. The I am a Mormon. Let's go. The BYU Cougars face off against the USF Bulls. Oh, um, okay. yeah, you know a little bit about that USF team. They're pretty good. Have a, here's some. Fun, here's a nice little, um, a little nugget. You know, I always have a, a nugget of something. We like nuggets. So up until 2020, the at the Boca Raton Bowl, BYU had never won a game in the state of Florida, ever. Wait a minute, is the Boca Raton Bowl even? Considered a bowl. I mean, let's, let's, so so have they really? So have they really won a game in the state of? Does America? it really count? Oh, yeah, it counts. Yeah. It counts. It, it counts. I don't know. Man. It counts. I don't know. It doesn't count. I don't know. I don't well, know. Ask Floridians. Yeah, because I, I I didn't I didn't go. I didn't watch <laughs> it. But hey, you know it, it it was it was college football, but certain certain bowl games I just don't know. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, USF brings in. uh, former Baylor quarterback, uh, Jerry Bohannon, who actually had a chance at Baylor last year to go ahead and tear them, tear BYU a new one uh, in a 38-24 matchup where he actually went 18 of 28 for 231 yards, a touchdown and a pick. So he's going to get another crack at this team. I actually like Jerry Bohannon uh, at at Baylor, but he got pushed out for a freshman. So we know how that goes. Uh, New coach. Different quarterback, he wants his guy. Let's start new. Uh, he, Jerry is a more of an option type quarterback. He's not the greatest thrower of the football, but he can do wonders for what uh, Jeff Scott wants to do at USF. Uh, the one thing I will say about BYU, and I do tend to watch them um, pretty often, I, especially when Zach Wilson was there, uh, they play up and down to their competition, especially inferior opponents. I think USF will be will put up a fight. I think USF has very good athletes. And that's going to give BYU – see, they, they've never seen that type of speed. But I think you, uh, BYU has the size that's going to give USF problems. USF is going to be worlds better than last year, but they're not quite there. I think BYU wins a close one. Again, this is what helps when you've had the whole offseason to prepare for one club. I think this will bode very nicely <clears throat> for USF. And they're going to be right in there. Uh, they're going to need a Matt Grothy moment like he did against Auburn. Ooh, uh, I remember that game. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if everything stays the same, BYU should win a close one. A close one. So this one, this one's going to be close. And this one might – at the end of this one, we'll know if um, – my my playoff predictions were right or wrong. So, one uh, Utah goes into the swamp at night. Not an easy place to play, but definitely a tough place to play because of the heat and the humidity. Uh, U- Utah is um, Utah comes off of a loss to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl where they were up big. Uh, they are just a just a little nugget. You know, I have my you know how I have these little nuggets, right? So they're two and eight. Uh, in road games over the last 10, and that includes losses to teams like BYU uh, and others in conference, Arizona. Uh, but but they are also facing off against a new head coach with a new quarterback, uh, a lot of a new scheme, new everything. This Utah team is still stacked on the defensive line. I don't think Florida is going to be able to run the football at all. 
Uh, Florida does bring in again new co- new head coach Billy Napier, who who was on the staff with Mario Cristobal uh, at Alabama. A who's who? Remember we talked about that? Who's who? Yeah, he was on that staff too. Uh, he also uh, that Louisiana team Billy Napier led is um, they they gave everybody work really. Um, running back Mondrell Johnson transfers over to Florida to follow his head coach. He's a guy to watch. He's very electric. Um, but on the other end for Florida, you have an improved offensive line. Uh, you also have, well, I can't, I like the nickname. I'm sorry. I hope I don't offend anyone, but I'm sorry. It's the best. It's the best name in college football. As far as nicknames, AR 15, Mr. Anthony Richardson. He is a physical freak and he would make a lot of people forget about Tebow. Uh, physically, athletically, I would forget about Tebow in a heartbeat. Uh, let's see if he does. So, um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Utah in this one only to keep my 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 playoff hopes alive, but if if this game get the heat and humidity, I think is gonna really test this Utah team. Definitely will test. It. If this was an early game, a noon or three thirty game, I would go with you there because it's at night. Even though the humidity would still be there. That should help Utah. Utah wins. Ooh. Easily. Whoa. Easily. Okay. I was not expecting that one. I was expecting you to go the complete opposite way. I love it. I love it. All right. So you already know this one. For for anyone that knows me or anything about any Miami fan, we all hate leprechauns. We all – they call them – Catholics, leprechauns, and convicts. Uh huh. I don't think we're convicts anymore. Uh, that was back in the eighties. But hey, if you want to still think of it that way, that's fine. So, um, naturally, this game is between two teams that I absolutely hate for different reasons. One being their leprechauns and their little green people. We don't like those guys, and we don't like Ohio State simply because of what happened in two thousand two. But one is my national championship runner up. And they also have a Heisman Trophy winner that I think is going to happen. They have a litany of weapons. Uh, there's a lot of connections in this one. Um, Marcus Freeman, new head coach for no, and just to prep for for official things here, Notre Dame does go to Ohio State. Uh, Marcus Freeman was a linebacker at Ohio State years and years ago. Uh, so he gets to face off against his old alma mater. Uh, but this Ohio State team is loaded offensively. C.J. Stroud. Trayvon Henderson, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Julian Fleming, Paris Johnson. Do I need to keep going? Jack Miller, do we have to keep going? Or Come on. Uh, I think this Ohio State team is stacked, and and with Jim Knowles coming over on the defensive side to run the defense, a little bit more on the aggressive side, if they can can even muster a little bit, they can hold this team to – 17 points it's a wrap uh i think ohio state has so much firepower i think this game is not is going to be a blowout honestly i think it'll be close for the first half and then they're boat raced out bye bye um i think ohio state this is what it's going to look like every every single week this is the best defense that ohio state will see all year but they don't have these ty- they don't have the horses to run with ohio state give me the buckeyes big wow wow now you're going to see why they say um, you cannot go home again. 
Because this is going to be ugly. I mean, it is just, it's, they're going to run that brother out. <laughs> they're going to run him first out of the state of Ohio and then out of Notre Dame eventually. But no, I, I, I like what he's doing. I like his demeanor. I like how he can relate to his players and, and how they respect him. It won't help him on Saturday, but oh, it won't help him in week one or other weeks coming down. But it's okay. Maybe maybe Notre Dame can turn the corner eventually. Ohio State big. Let's go. Also, uh, for players to watch, Michael Meyer um, for Notre Dame. The other, the other is it, really is, it, is it is it is it is it Michael Myers? Wait a minute, isn't that the um, yeah the, yeah. Um, the um, Halloween guy? Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, he's good. He may not. He might not have any slasher moments though. So no, no. I think Ohio State will keep him in check. But okay. very good player to watch if you're into tight ends and all. Uh, Memphis at Mississippi State. We all any game that has Mike Leach in it, I'm watching. I love all things from him. I love the air raid. I love his quirkiness. He has one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC in Will Rogers. I think this team is going to be able to put up points. Uh, this matchup last year was a 31-29. Uh, could we say that's a shootout? I mean, yeah. these two teams, yeah, we can say that shootout. Memphis got the best best of Mississippi State last year. Uh, Seth Higgins. Uh, was a part of that. He's going to be a sophomore this year. Uh, I think Mississippi State will get a little bit of revenge with this one. Mike Leach, you're going to see a lot of goal balls. You're going to see a lot of four verts. For those of you that love air rating, I love air rating. Uh, anybody that doesn't love air rating, what is wrong with you? Um, this is the game to watch. Mississippi State, go dogs. This is a game to watch. No, it isn't. Yeah, no, it is like, not. If you like points, if you like points in offense, you gotta. Look this is it. not going to be like that at all. Memphis is not going to even be able to. Last year was a fluke. I said Ooh. it. Last year was a Ooh. fluke. Congratulations, you got your win. It won't happen this this year. Mississippi State blow out. Week one blow out. And last but not least, uh, one team that I've always, at least for at least for the last twenty years, has really given everyone problems, and it's very hard not to want to watch this team. Every no one wanted to play them for how long? Um, the Boise State Broncos are going to Corvallis to face off against uh, the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, I really don't think uh, this is going to be much of an issue for Boise State. I think last year was one of those anomaly years. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great. Um, Hank Bachmeyer was getting just torched week in and week out. No one could block a soul. Uh, but I think that'll change. Uh, their their streak of half, of eleven straight seasons of one of a one thousand yard rusher was broken. Also, and I think they want to get back to that with George Haloni. Uh, I think Boise State wins this game big. I don't think. Oregon State, really. Let's put it like this. Oregon State hadn't had a winning season in 14 years. No, I'm sorry. Since 2014, they haven't had – they haven't won at least seven games. So, yeah, that's – um, I don't think that be – I think they're going to have one of those type of years again. Uh, it's been a while, and I think it's going to continue being a while. Broncos. I don't see how you just not giving – 
Oregon State a shot. I, I I think that's. I mean, the game is at home. They're they're home, so that should give them three points, right? Yeah. I mean the stadium. Yeah. The stadium. They're still um, renovating the stadium, so capacity is only <clears throat> excuse me twenty six thousand in the stands. So think of intimate atmosphere. Corvallis. Under the lights, this could be. Uh, who am I kidding? Boise State. You you tried to set that up really well. I almost. I, I, thought, I thought I was. I, I, was rolling there. I, was, I, I, I started rolling. believing you, and then I thought of. I was slowly thinking of. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Mark Sanchez fumbling the bag. <laughs> he fumbled the bag a lot, but really, he that what was it? Oh six. They walked. They were that USC team was supposed to just go through everybody, and they were. And then they walked into Corvallis, and uh, I think it was on a Friday night or something, and they lost. That was what I was thinking of. And then you I just don't out. walk into Corvallis thinking you're going to win, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're Mark Sanchez in USC with Pete Carroll. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, yeah, Boise State's winning this game. I I just don't think Andy Avalos and the, and that Boise State team. That team has too much pride to just let. Uh, have another seven and five year. Uh, no, not happening. Uh, and they might be trying to put on an audition to get into another a, a bigger conference too. So uh, there is that. So um, we did miss one, and I'll just make a pick on it. Um, we don't have to break it down too much. Um, Arizona at Arizona at San Diego State. I'm taking San Diego State in this one. I think the defense is going to be they're going to be a top defense again. Uh, they bring in a quarterback uh, from Virginia Tech, Braxton Burmeister. He was a nice dual threat. Miami killed him, but um, that's not the point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I got a little experience with him. He's, but he is a pretty good player. Virginia Tech didn't have a lot around him. Um, this Arizona this Arizona team, had they, they're going to be worlds better than what they were last year. But, it's very, but that being said, um, that's like going from like zero to like six. That's just not good enough. Um, and on top of that, San Diego State has – they're going to be in their new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium. So um, they have they have to open up well. So I think this defense will take care of things. Um, I won't say it'll be say it'll be a big win, but I think they'll be able to put up points um, and they'll be able to hold this, this Arizona offense to some, to some mediocre, mediocre drives. Go San Diego State. Go Aztecs. Where did Marshall Falk go to college? One San Diego State. Hmm. Is he going to be on the field? Um, on I wonder. I don't. I don't know. One? I don't know. I really. I Is don't he going know. to be in the backfield week one? No. No, he definitely won't be in the backfield. I just don't see how you're just going to diss Arizona like this. I. I, I just. I. I. I I'm surprised. I mean. Isn't Arizona close to Arizona State? It is. Now, now follow with me here. I'm, I'm going to go around mm-hmm. the block here, but I'm going to bring it back. Okay. And Arizona State has um, – uh, who's Arizona State's coach? Herm Edwards. And Herm Edwards always said, what? You play to what? You play to win. You play to win the game. Yeah. Didn't they lose that game? Didn't they lose? I was gonna say, didn't they? Didn't they lose? That? Yeah, they, they. Yeah, that, that's the point. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State wins. 
<laughs> I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's your week one of picks and predictions. Um, I'll throw a little bonus one out there. Miami Hurricanes destroy Bethune Cookman. I know you'll love that one. So, um, Canes destroy those guys. Um, but yeah, uh, that's been your week one. Stay tuned until next week. Before we get out of here, we gotta, of course, let us let Rick let us know where we can find you so we can talk a little bit more, fam. You because I gotta definitely, I gotta see what the fans got to say about this. Hey, listen, um, you can find me on Twitter at Rick Brown ninety one. One word at Rick Brown ninety one. No e on the end. No Ricky. This R I C K B R O W N 9 1. You can catch me on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB. You can also follow the, the show on Twitter, uh, CFB Overdrive. Uh, yes, pin yes, comment yes. at the top. You will be able to join the, our Pick'em group and you can go against us. You can put your picks up against us. Um, join before the start of week one with the official start of week one, which is the first game of 12 o'clock p.m. If you are in this group and when you happen to have a better record than anybody else, you'll win a certain prize. And guess what? Second prize, you get to jo- you get to join us for a guest appearance. So I know you guys want to do that. Talk to us about a little college football. So make sure you join that. We got prizes to give out as well. So make sure you join that uh, before the deadline. Till next week, Rick, where we talk about week the the happenings of week one. Till next time, we'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace. Done deal.